1: Welcome to the Living to 100 Club podcast. Here's our host, Dr. Joseph Cassiani. Greetings to everyone. I'm Joe Cassiani, your host for the Living to 100 Club podcast. Our conversations are all about aging well and doing what it takes mentally and physically to live longer and healthier. Our guests share insights and recommendations about successful aging, stories of perseverance and inspiration about our future. Our guest for this podcast is Vicky Dello-Gioio. Thanks for tuning into this conversation as we explore the ways we can become empowered in our senior years. What is the story or definition we have about ourselves as we age? Is this story influenced by others or is it our own? Is it possible to take a more empowered journey ahead by drawing on our accumulated wisdom and life experience? This will be an insightful, uplifting conversation about new opportunities ahead. First, a little background on Vicky. Vicky Della Gioio draws on decades of theater performance, directing experience, along with her lifelong study of martial arts, to fire up visionary speakers to amplify their charisma and deliver their message with passion, presence, and power. A seasoned transformational speaker herself, her methods for both crafting stories and her focus on the energy behind how they are told have touched and transformed hundreds of speakers to stand and deliver with joy, confidence, and ease. Vicki is also a Qigong master teacher, entered into the Women's Martial Artists Instructors Hall of Fame. Since 1975, her spiritual fitness program and book, The Way of Joy, has transformed the lives of thousands of participants, empowering them to infuse body, mind, spirit, practices into their very cells so they can tap into their birthright of joy, use it as a fuel, not a goal, for a lifetime. Vicki, welcome to our program.
0: Well, thank you so much, Joe, it's a a joy to be here. I really appreciate having an opportunity to chat with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to our conversation. I always like to open by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about the journey that brought you to where you are today. I covered a lot of the story, but tell us in your own words about the journey.
0: Well, you know, it's always interesting to me to think about which to pull out around the journey. I think that what I would say for now now in terms of particularly the whole concept of story and what is the story we tell ourselves and how do we tell it and all that stuff that I was a super shy kid. I was really, really shy, so shy that I you know that they, my parents actually wondered if something was wrong with me i I couldn't really talk particularly to other kids. I like to sort of sit in the background and listen to grown-ups. I'm not quite sure what that was about, but I think that I was living in a my father was a composer he had been a pretty mm-hmm. well-known composer in his day. he had won a bunch of awards Emmys, Pulitzers, that kind of thing and And so the people who would come to our house, you know, the people who were the friends, the community were pretty high stakes folks. And I think that that increased my shyness. So I think that that part of what what happened for me was when I started doing martial arts, I started to break through some of that. And Mm. and my mom, in her infinite wisdom, took me to uh, audition for a theater company uh, that was doing a a show um, on summer stock. And I got in and I fell in love with theater. And I think at that point I began to realize the possibilities of sort of being a little bit more centered to, you know, at first by playing different characters and then Mm. ultimately around what did that mean in terms of owning who I am. So I I remember Martha Graham, my father wrote four of her ballets and Martha Graham, Mm. I remember her sitting me down one time and looking me in the eye and saying, you have to go on your own path. Mm. And, you know, I must have been six or seven at the time. Mm. And I took that to heart. So
1: (laughs) Uh, good uh, advice, right? Yeah, Uh, you not take it to heart. Yeah,
0: really? Mm. Yeah. I mean, Mm. and and because she was so respected, I respected, you know, and I loved, you know, the dance Mm. choreography that she did to my dad's music. I mean, everything about it was just really heartening. So Mm. so yeah, so that's I think that that was the beginning of my journey. Sure. And then of course, there's a lot to say between then. Yeah. Then.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll cover a lot of the uh, high points, the highlights and uh, a number of questions I'm curious about. So uh, let me just ask you about your current professional time. How do you spend your days?
0: Uh, I teach classes in Qigong, which is, like you said, a Chinese martial art for healing. So I teach classes in that. I just taught one this morning at the lake nearby. It's just a beautiful practice, especially for folks who are well over 60, 60 and better. Mm. And I also do one-on-one coaching, particularly for speakers, storytellers, CEOs, lawyers, people who want to tell a story that has an impact. I also do coaching for people around how to communicate better. I I'm, I'm a master trainer in something called powerful non-defensive communication. So mm. when we the family conflicts that kind of thing, I I do coaching in that. And then I'd have group coaching programs as well. So I do mm. a lot of interactive things as I'm very very lucky that I get to live my life this way.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. They all complement each other too. It sounds like each of these different sides your your strengths, they complement and work together. Well, yeah. thank
0: you for saying that, Joe, because so many times, you know, it's like I feel a little bit like that renaissance person where I'm drawing from a lot of different things. Yeah. I'm integrating a yeah. lot of things. And yeah. and it is a strength. And it also is a way in which people say, you know, you should just focus on one thing. But I, I have a lot of tools in my toolbox. Yeah. And so I, I get to use them all now at this stage in my life, which is really, truly a blessing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. These all these different roads do come together, right? They yes. Do, they do meet at some point
0: and one of the things about getting older is i think we we start to learn how to integrate a lot of what we've learned over a lifetime so it's a, an amazing time of of you know different streams coming to form a big river
1: right right so tell us let's talk about stories i know you and i spoke about this earlier but we want to understand our personal stories how this gets written can we write rewrite our story i remember reading a book uh, a few years ago about storying right how we can change that but let's get your perspective on this whole idea about writing stories and can we rewrite them
0: you know it's interesting because i don't really think of it in terms of writing that much because the writing that i do tends to be on your feet so when i'm working with a client or even working with my own story I pretty much will stand and improvise, or I'll encourage people to stand and improvise and discover their story that way. And I think that's a healing power in that story type of storytelling. I think, yes, we, the elements of a story might stay consistent, but how we position ourselves and how we see ourselves is what I think we can rewrite or restory for our lives that it's not so much that the data changes but how we look at it changes and so when we can put ourselves in that position of honoring both the hardships and the obstacles times when we might have even felt victimized or or minimized and, and then really claim where we are and what we've done with it how, how whatever the hardships have been made you who you are today i think that's the key to The restory, especially for those of us who have had, you know, stories that are difficult or challenging to really move out of what I think of as a victim mindset and move into a place where we can acknowledge that everything that we've lived through has become grist for the mill, right? It's, it's all part of, I think of it as composting, right? Releasing the, the perspectives that don't serve us and then reworking them in the soil of our awareness to look at how to speak from a place that's more empowered. So for writing on your feet, I think there's a couple things is to look at pivotal moments. What are the stepping stones that made you who you are now? Whether those were hard and feel still unresolved or whether they feel like, you know, they were things that you immediately learn from and move forward. But when we talk about our story, I think it's really important to look at these pivotal moments or these stepping stones or these turning points, that those, those create kind of a pathway to describe what it is that we want to convey.
1: Yeah. So that's it's not a matter of writing um, some narrative or anything. It's it is this it's kind of a metaphor for looking at how we define ourselves and what were the pivotal moments that kind of amplified the uh, features of our of our self-definition or self-story.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes, and, and and yes, right. And it doesn't have to, like you said, it, it's not necessarily writing. But uh, you know, when we think about what are we creating, what is the story that we create, what are we telling ourselves about ourselves, how are we conveying who we are to other people, particularly when we're wanting to connect with people in a kind of heart to heart way, knowing knowing sort of these different parts of our story. Doesn't so, I mean you have to tell everything to everybody all the time, but being able to pull these out is a way of creating empathy, connection, interaction.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I talk with groups, I I like to reference the whole notion of having this blank screen in front of us, and we're not defined by who we were yesterday. We can create a new self-definition, we can create a new character, a new role, and we can put whatever we want on this screen as we look ahead as we look at what we want to take on in our future and our journey going forward. Is that what you're talking about?
0: It's somewhat. I I love that you do that, Joe, because I think that there's, you know, there's a way that this opens up real possibility thinking and mm-hmm. to realize that we are bigger than our narrative. We're, you know, there's something bigger going on than our narrative and that we can actually recreate or invent a new narrative. The mm-hmm. thing that I think that maybe is a little bit different is I'm also talking about how can we take those hardships or those things that we feel like we want to leave behind and recognize that there was a learning there? And how can mm. we use that learning to create this new narrative? So it's, a, it's not so much about leaving it like a complete split between then and now and the future, but more of a sense of what is the through, time, through line that I want to carry, that I choose to carry? There's certain things I don't want to carry forward, right, from mm. my past. We um, or, or don't want to be held back by this old definition, particularly as we age, right? We don't want to be just defined by who we used to be or what we used to do, mm-hmm. but more, you know, like you, like you are inviting people to do, to really think about what the possibilities are for this next chapter.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's really, and I, I agree, we, we do need to incorporate some of the, you know, strong experiences from our past. And it's almost like, um, different paint colors, right? Some paint colors we do want to use on our new screen and other paints we don't want to use. So Uh, let's be aware of that. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Sure. So how do we change our story? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Changing anything is difficult, right? But how do we change our story?
0: Well, there's two different aspects, right? There's like, how do we, you know, what is the story we tell ourselves and how are others' perspectives impacting your story. Because I think that, you know, when when we have, I know we've talked about this in the past, but that that we can have positive projections and negative pro- projections coming from other people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in the positive one, you know, if you think about the people that you've inspired, touched, or helped, that, that the ways in which you have served that has made you feel like you have value. I'm thinking of this one student client of mine who Came from Afghanistan and walked across the desert when she was five years old, escaping to Pakistan, escaping the Taliban from to, from Afghanistan to Pakistan, uh, and it ultimately ended here in the United States. And she learned English fairly quickly, as little kids tend to do. So she became the translator for her entire family, like starting at the age of seven or eight. So her and so when I first met her, she was so shy she would hardly speak. And I met her in in a couple of group situations and she would just not talk. And we started to, I started to, we started to work together on storytelling. And of course, she's got these enormous stories that are just incredibly fascinating and so inspiring to hear. And she started to fall in love with storytelling and she realized that she had thought of herself as an introvert because she never spoke, but that she realized she was an expert, an extrovert. She just really hadn't had a vehicle to express who she was. And recently she just presented an online event for thousands, thousands of people were in the audience. So she went from being shy to not speaking to speaking in front of thousands of people, you know, and for me, you know, if I reflect back on me, then that sort of thinks of like, how can I create positive change through supporting others in their stories? So that's part of my story. So that's, you know, how that, that sense of reflection from others can be really positive. And then on the negative one, especially as we get older, I think that in this culture, elders tend to be dismissed or considered to be, you know, looked over, not recognized as the valuable resource that we can be. So it's really looking at, you know, like like I think that elders can give a a lesson on how not to reinvent the wheel. At the same time, I think it behooves us to listen really deeply to the young folks and coming up and what it is that they have to say and what the new ideas that they have are because I think every generation tends to think we're better than the one that was for mm. us. I certainly grew up with that sure. <laughs> thinking that, you know, that i had the truth in a backpack, but I think that being able to go into that sense of owning our own wisdom and owning our own story is part of how we can deal with some of those negative projections.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what we tell ourselves and this is changing, right? I mean, this is really evolving, especially what we tell ourselves about our senior years, about advancing in age. And years ago, earlier generations would tell ourselves, gee, it's time to slow down. It's time to, you know, look at becoming dependent on others. And that was the kind of mindset from past, like I said, earlier generations. And that's transitioning now, of course, to what we can tell ourselves now is about our our years as time to celebrate getting old and looking at, upside looking at the what ken dykewald calls the uh, longevity bonus we're living longer and let's look at filling this up with positive experiences that's our
0: yes and this kind of self-care that allows us to revitalize ourselves so it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like it's just a slow diminishment but that there's um what is it that excites us what is it that brings Mm -hmm. that sparkle back
1: right right i was talking with a group this morning and one woman was saying she has partnered up with somebody else in her living facility and they're working on a project. They decided they needed to engage in something that was meaningful and purposeful. So they put their heads together and they're now working on it. And she says, this drives her every day. She wakes up in the morning and thinks about what she has to do now with, with her project and with her partner. So it's that connection, that engagement too, that is part of this, self-talk right i mean absolutely
0: absolutely because we we are meant to be connected right not to just be do it go it alone so when we particularly when we're partnering with people in creative projects like your like your person was today it's 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 beautiful it's a beautiful thing Yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah so where does empowerment come into this picture vicky um i know you've written about that you've talked about empowerment where does that come into play
0: well, I think that particularly for those of us as we age feel like our identity shifts, how, you know, how we see ourselves, how others see us shifts that to really begin to own the power of who we are is everything, right? So this woman that you were just talking about, she 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 decided, well, you know, I need to do something to get me motivated and get me going again, and so she partnered with this other person to do this project this is, this is a point of empowerment. It's not saying, oh, I'm just diminishing. I'm just going to sink back down and fade away. To really let yourself know, I think there's something in there that, that empowerment has to do with valuing where we're coming from, what we, what we bring, and then moving from there and really owning it. And of course, because I've do, done martial arts for so long, I think about empowerment in terms of also physical activities that, that can help increase that inner sense of being centered, grounded, and present.
1: Mm-hmm. How would you recommend increasing our feelings of empowerment? How would, you, how would you help somebody who wanted to say, well, how can I feel more empowered? Well,
0: of course, it depends on the individual. But I think that that one of the things that we can do is, again, to own – who we are, the, known, own the wisdom that you've developed over time mm. and know that it's a value and know that it can inspire others to so that. It's not just, just, just because, you a lot of, a lot of times I work with, with some of the folks that I work with who are 60 and better basically feel like, you know, that they, they don't know that they, are being seen or they take themselves so much for granted. They think, well, who's going to care about that? I mean, that's just me. That was natural. But when we can start to realize that who we are can have an impact, that there's a there's a ripple effect from how we show up as ourselves, mm-hmm. then we can start to really feel the increase of that empowerment and that sense of reciprocity, that interaction that can happen among us, between us in a community.
1: Right. It spills over from one person to another that
0: it's contagious.
1: Yeah. Contagious. That's the word. Sure. So it it's a little bit more than self image, right? It's that feeling that we have some control over what's going on in our lives.
0: Right. We have control yeah.
1: over our future. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. That we have a voice and being able to hmm. shape it and imagine it. And, you know, hmm. as you said, you know, have it be that blank screen of like, yeah. what's this next chapter hold? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, what lies ahead when we become more empowered?
0: I think. This, What's this...
1: in store for us?
0: <laughs> I think more fun, more joy, <laughs> more sense of purpose, more sense of connection with others, more love, more 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 energy to do things mm. that you want to do, uh, more inspiration. I think you know because in, in the Chinese concept of qigong empowerment is an earth realm thing so it's something we're drawing up we're taking up that that fertilizer from the earth and so we're being able to come forward more as ourselves and so whatever it is that you want to be creating in terms of whether it's health relationships being a speaker being Mm an inspirational speaker for other Mm -hmm. elders or for Mm -hmm. the youth whatever that that, that we can be more motivated and more inspired and inspiring
1: yeah and the seeds or the source of this is really owning who we are, as you said, our strengths and our weaknesses, our assets and our foibles and all all of the idiosyncrasies that we bring to the world. It's really owning that 100%. And that's, that's what gives us the the foundation, right? And from there,
0: Absolutely. And I love that you say it's our strengths and our weaknesses that you know, that it's not, we don't need to hide the ways in which we are, we don't have strength, right? We can be Mm -hmm. able to own that That can still be an empowered place is to say, what are the strengths? What are the limitations that we face? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a, in the, in the Qigong world, again, there's this, there's the earth realm where we get our power. The human realm is where we have a sense of reciprocity and also Mm -hmm. where we own strengths and limitations because it's about how we express ourselves, how we again show up in the world around us, how we interact with people and and to be able Mm -hmm. to feel like your strengths and your weaknesses are what define you. They are what make you you and. That, and that's
1: a good thing. Right. Of course. Yeah. And we let go of those limiting beliefs, those self-limiting beliefs that yes. may have held us back in the past and recognizing, okay, I don't have to be handicapped by those beliefs anymore. I am more empowered. I, I do accept who I am. And I have a lot of power and energy from that yes. awareness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Beautiful good. Put. So what do you think um, in, you know, you've worked with seniors and um, 50 plus, 60 plus, 70 plus, how can we change our world? And what, what, you know, you mentioned the the benefits, but how do, how do we know we can offer the world if we're too busy taking care of ourselves? Uh, We get out of our own way and what's next? What, what can we do in our senior years?
0: I, this is such a great question, Joe. I think that really what we can do is be ourselves hmm. so if if part of what's needed right now is self-care and really learning how to receive right hmm. to to receive whatever ex- uh, help we're getting or something like that i think that being able to be who we are that there i keep coming back to the sense of the wisdom of the of the elder of of how th- that when we can just be as we are Without being in a place of feeling victimized, but really owning that we have brought something to our own worlds, mm-hmm. and that we are still here, that that I think that that in itself is an offering. I, I remember there was a friend's mother who maybe she was in her nineties, and she felt like you know I just don't have any use for people anymore. But she was very loving, and people liked being around her because she was so loving. That was enough. So even if people were taking care of her, there was a sense of reciprocity coming back. So it's not so much about even what you do as how you be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I call that how do we explain these events to ourselves? How do we interpret these events? Because we can put a positive spin or we can put a negative spin. We can put something that's empowering or we can put something that's limiting uh, is in our interpretation. Yes. So, yeah, how does this... Ninety-year-old see herself and you know accepting the fact that she's content, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and that and that who she is is enough. That yeah. it's not about how much you can do; it's also how much you can be.
1: Yeah. How how hard is it, Vicky, to let go of a very negative self-image and you know maybe not just depression, but somebody who's been very despondent or you know very guilty or remorseful about his or her past. And we want to say, okay, let's let go of that old perception and let's open up to a new one. So how is it possible? Is it doable?
0: Well, I believe that's probably the work that you do, Joe, but and I I would love to hear about that. But what I would say from my perspective is, It's tough. It's not like it's easy. And I don't, I don't like them kind of false positivity, or just, Mm. you know, put a happy face on Mm, a pile of difficulties. But I think that that there's something to be said around movement, moving some ways, Mm. moving energy. And this, again, brings me back to this qigong, which I've been doing for so long. So it informs so much of how I think. But that when we can move our bodies, even if it's just through our breath, even if it's not actually getting, you know, if you're sedentary or you can't stand, doesn't have to be movement like interpretive dance. It can be just if you can start to have a sense of movement in your body. That's, to me, the first key, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times that sense of. Um, negative self-talk, remorse, all of that, which may which needs to be addressed. It's not like it's gonna just go away. I think that we can address it, but I think we need to be able to know that we can move with it as opposed to mm. stay stagnant with the same old story mm. again and again and again that mm. just keeps us spiraling or circling the drain.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's important, Vicki. I agree because it is, you know, there's a whole um school of psychology that talks about behavioral activation. And that means kind of engaging in the behaviors that we're waiting for, or, you know, we have a goal to do something. And if we engage in those behaviors, it helps to alleviate a lot of the emotional baggage that is associated with it. So, So a lot of people are waiting for the emotions to improve, and then they'll start the new behavior. And I say, look, let's not wait for the emotions. Let's engage in that behavior and the emotions will accompany the change. So I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Start the movement. A,
0: yes. And there's a, there's a saying in qigong, yi dao, qi dao, which basically means where you put your mind, energy follows. Hmm. Um, and so so that would really go towards what you're talking about in terms of behavior. But I'm also talking about physical moving your body. Again, especially just to starting at the simplest level with your breath or even how you sit or how you stand Mm. to have a sense of lengthening in your spine, Mm. that can already start to create a little bit of movement, more Mm. possibility thinking. So Mm. we can start very simply with moving breath through our bodies and, and being Mm. able to discover openings.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Thanks. So let's talk about Qigong. Tell us about the process and goals purpose. What, What, what can you share with us?
0: Well, Qigong is one of these vast words like dance. So, you know, if mm. I say I, I teach Qigong, it's like, well, is it, you know, or if I teach dance, is it oh. Alvin Ailey? Is it ballet? Is it tap? Is it, you know, Martha Graham? Mm. What kind of dance? So in the same way, Qigong has a lot of different subcategories. There's over 6,000 exercises or more that get called Qigong. So in terms of, you know, speaking about it generally, what they generally have in, in, in common is this idea that we can center ourselves through our breath, that we can go to the eye of the storm, even in the face of chaos. And Mm -hmm. that when we do, when we start to open up the channels of our body, which are based on the acupuncture and acupressure channels, meridians, that we can start to, when we can start to feel a flow in our bodies, that translates into our behaviors, into our spirit, into our sense Mm -hmm. of who we are. So I think for me, the pr- the purpose of of qigong or the process about qigong is really about coming back to that place of empowerment, coming back to that place of having a sense of self, being able to be comfortable and on my own skin, being able to show up in the ways that I do, and to access the wisdom that that mm-hmm. is there for me.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I was talking with a Pilates instructor recently, who was a guest on my podcast, and when I was trying to understand how Pilates is different from yoga and other movement exercises. And she said, your body gets in touch with a lot of distant voices that you don't hear from very often. And I thought that was an interesting <laughs> description because a lot of these voices are kind of drowned out or silent. And when our body moves in certain ways, we connect with different parts and it's almost like these voices in the wilderness that we're now Hearing from for the first time.
0: Yeah, I think of it as almost a kind of cellular memory and that 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 those things get activated, right? That chi mm-hmm. gets activated, and then there's the cellular memories and the, and and the, the, those who will hold these different voices that mm-hmm. we navigate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's I I love that. I love that that came from somebody in Pilates. A, and with Qigong, you know, there's there's this sense of activating energy in what's called the heaven realm so i talked about the earth realm being empowerment and the human realm being how we express ourselves and our strength and our limitation and then the heaven realm or the the top of it has to do and i'm not talking about heaven as a faraway place that we get to go when we die I'm not, <laughs> it's about the the cosmos right the sense of the firmament the the stars um the planets they represent wisdom, our ability to see the whole picture, to have perspective like we were up in the in the cosmos, looking at our lives from that perspective, being able to have the wisdom of being able to see how things unfold for us. I think that that for me, being able to align these three areas or what I think of them as three realms of consciousness, our heaven realm, or inspiration and perspective, our human realm, our interaction with one another and what we love, how we express ourselves, and then the earth realm having to do with how we walk our talk, what is it that we actually do in our lives, and how do we show up with Mm -hmm. people from a place of power. Mm -hmm. So I think that just being able to be aligned in these three ways, whether you're speaking from a stage, or you're speaking to your grandkid, you know, anytime you're speaking where the stakes matter to you, that when we're aligned in this way, we're coming from a place that's centered and grounded. And um, ultimately, I think it has this really, you know, when I said before, it's kind of contagious where we start to mm-hmm. then bring that out in, a, in the people that we're connecting with or talking sure. to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like it also speaks to the interconnectedness too of all living things, that it is it is something that links us to one another and to all animate uh, beings. Yeah
0: absolutely what what Thich Han used to call interbeing yeah. which really resonates you know on an energetic level from the heart so the heart is the center of the human realm and so that 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 place of sort of the heartbeat of the world or the heartbeat of all living mm-hmm. beings.
1: Mm-hmm. Right I wonder if you could share an exercise or two that maybe our listeners could practice on their own or adopt I know it's Quick, but anything you can offer?
0: Absolutely. Yes, I'd love to. So, one of my very favorite things that I like people to to, to, who are learning Qigong to know is, is first of all, this concept of standing or sitting tall, it's very simple. All you're doing is just lengthening the spine, letting there be space between each of the vertebrae, lengthening the back of the neck, relaxing the throat, and just being able to feel your feet and your sits bones connected to the chair you're sitting on. If you're sitting on a chair, your crown, your crown of your head connected to the sky, that all, all of a sudden starts to let a sense of opening up, up of energy. But for an exercise, um, there's one called the shower that I particularly like. And in the shower, what you basically do is you take your hands out to the sides of your body. So if you're just sitting or standing, your hands are out to the sides of your body. And then you raise them up over your head, almost like you're gathering the light from the sun and the moon and the Mm. stars. And then you're just drawing that sense of lightness or vibration down through Mm. your body. And you're just bringing your hands down in front of your face down the center line of your body. So your hands go out to the side, it's a circle, hands go out to the two sides of your body, up over your head. And then with the palms facing down, they just come straight down, or you can have your palms facing you and be a sense of drinking in this perspective. So those times when we're feeling stuck, or when we're feeling like we don't know how to shift gears, or we're feeling like we're in a loop, a brain loop, brain mutter, I call it, where you're looping Mm. over something again and again, this can sometimes break that open and bring Mm. in a little bit more life and light. Mm. Um, I
1: love that. I love that, Vicki. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm just noticing our time and um, in the few minutes we have left, let me ask you, what would you like our audience to take away from this conversation today?
0: that you have power to to shift and change and grow, no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, that you are a, an energetic being as much as a narrative being. and the narrative you tell yourself has energy too. So let's 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 really work with what the story is that you're telling yourself about yourself and allow yourself to know that you have the possibility to pivot anytime because of this energy flow. And it doesn't have to be difficult.
1: Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, Vicki, it looks like we're out of time for today. But before we wrap up, I just want to remind our listeners to visit my website, living 100club and sign up for our email list and download a free copy of my nine tips to make living longer enjoyable. And while you're there, be sure to peruse our library of blogs and podcasts. <laughs> Vicki, thanks so much for being a guest on our show today. For those who might want to contact you, how can they do that?
0: Probably the best way is I just finished writing uh, an e-guide that I call uh, Let's Get Real About Charisma. And it was geared for speakers. It's uh, three keys to inspire and motivate your audience every time you speak. But it's really also... Like I said, it's about how we communicate. So whether you're ever going to speak from a stage or not, doesn't matter. It's like how you communicate mm. from a place of heart. And it's all based in some of these energy practices that mm. we've been talking about. So they can download that guide at yourpowerpresence.com. That's probably the best way. And, and when you do that, you also have access then to my email and other mm. ways to connect with me.
1: Great. Yourpowerpresence.com. com. Yep. Okay, well, that's great. And thanks uh, again for being a guest in our program. I enjoyed it very much. And I know our listeners will enjoy it as well.
0: well it's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you great. so much, Joe.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode. Hope to see you next time.